So in April, and I believe, Nikki, what's the date on the marriage conference? Huh? Uh, April the 1st, and it's not April Fool's. We're really doing it. <laughs> April 1st and 2nd, we're going to have a marriage conference. So I'm going to play this uh, little video, 60-second video, because the sign-ups are live, right? They're ready to go, so we got to get signed up. Let's watch this this morning. I'm afraid we're going to have a generation of people who at the end of their lives look back at a fork in the road where they headed toward isolation and a loss of hope. The last two generations of our family, there have been 25 marriages and 22 divorces. And what does it do to children when they see the image of that being ripped apart? What the cross promises of marriage is fresh starts and new beginnings. Called The Art of Marriage, April 1st and the 2nd. There's some of the information, 6 p.m. Friday, $75 per couple if you sign up early. That's just, we're going to have uh, some snacks, of course, books, workbooks, things like that. But uh, make your plans to be there if you can at all. And we'll have, you know, it's late January, so we'll have more information coming on that. Uh, let's see. Father, thank you for your word this morning, and thank you for the Holy Spirit that administrates it. Lord, continue to acclimate us to the truth, to the truth. Beyond what the feelers feel, beyond what the thinkers think, beyond what the believers believe, there is truth. And uh, we adhere to it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, in 2021, we began a series. We want to begin the year uh, centering everything on Jesus Christ, and we called it the centrality of Jesus. And we got through about half the year, and then the Lord began, as we were in the works of Jesus, wrapping that up, He began speaking to us about uh, building, establishing, cultivating kingdom culture, that the church shouldn't look like the world, that the culture of our Father's kingdom is different than how the world does things. And so... We spent really the back half of 2021 looking at that, embracing kingdom culture. And uh, we've been talking so much about truth. The Lord, now as we get back into 2022, we're going to go back to the centrality of Jesus. We want everything that we do, uh, church, family, individual lives, to be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And knowing his person, knowing his works, knowing his teaching knowing his voice, knowing his authority, and knowing his body. Um, We want to be real, authentic followers of Christ. And so in 2021, we we covered knowing his person. We covered knowing his works. Today, I want us to begin to know his teaching. I want to talk about knowing the teachings of Jesus Christ. We are Christ followers. We are Christ lovers. We need to know what Jesus taught, what he stood for, what he was about. And then, are you ready? Hold on. We need to do what he says. 
Luke chapter 6, I'll let him tell you. Verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house. Look at this, but it couldn't shake it, for it was founded on the rock. We have all seen lives crumble under the weight of the floods and the streams and another gospel records the the winds. So it's very important that we not only know what he says, we not only know what he asks, we not only know what he teaches, but that we do it, that we apply it. When we dig deep in spiritual things, it's not some deep revelation nobody can understand. Digging deep is that we actually do what he asks us to do. That's going deep. What a concept. Everybody say, go deep. (laughs) It's not as complicated as we've thought. And... If you're new to Grace Church, what we desire for you goes beyond good teaching, good doctrine, that's important. But we want you to actually experience and know Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because He is not dead. He is alive in the present tense. And you can know Him spirit to spirit. God is spirit. And whoever worships Him, communes with Him, knows Him, does so in... Spirit and in truth, which is what we're talking about today. So if you're new, that's our desire. Not only that you hear God's heart for you. That's very important for us that you hear the heart of God. Jesus said that he had come not to destroy men's lives, but to save them, to reconcile mankind. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to restore a relationship that had been lost. And so... uh, You know, Jesus comes manifesting, demonstrating this reconciliation. And so it's our heart for you that you know him. You're able to connect with him, walk with him, but then apply the truth that he speaks to you. We want you to walk in it. So in other words, let me give you a practical example. It's likely at some point he's going to ask you to forgive. Now, some of you, you got to forgive yourselves. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm telling you, some of you need to forgive yourselves. You have resentment towards your own self. And you need to release that because I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than any mistake you've ever made. And if you don't believe that, you're full of pride and arrogance. You actually think your sins are greater than the pure blood of God's one and only Son. You need to repent of that. There's nothing in your past that His blood cannot cleanse. Amen. You say, well, what about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, blasphemy. Speaking against rejecting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the agent of new birth. So if your whole life you reject Him and say, I don't want you, that's right. You're you're not going to spend eternity with God. But I don't think most of the people in this room and watching and worshiping online this morning are in that category. (laughs) So we want you to hear his heart. We want you to walk in it. And when he says forgive, that you part ways with the enemy's case that he builds in your heart and mind for justification not to. Do you hear that? 
Because we not only hear what Jesus teaches, we not only hear his voice when he says, Hey, Bill, I really need you to forgive John. That Bill is able to say, I've heard the voice of the Lord. I've seen it in Scripture. I know this is what he taught 70 times 7. Jesus never taught that you just hold on to grudges. Because it's such a powerful case not to forgive. He never taught that. So as Christ followers, we want to hear his word. We want to hear his voice and we want to obey him. And carry it out. And the beautiful part is, when you obey him, you grow in understanding. When you release yourself from your own debt, or you release another person from debt, and you forgive them, you grow in understanding. You actually have an aha moment that says, this is why he wants me to forgive. This is why he asks me to do it. And you mature. Because you're not just a hearer of the word, you're a doer of the word. And now you're growing. Does that make sense to you? So Jesus not only was the truth, is the truth. Jesus taught truth. Realities that were present but unseen. How many times did he say, truly, truly, I say to you? He never said, well, this could be. Maybe try this. (laughs) No, he never said that. He, He spoke truth. He spoke reality. The real reality. Truly, truly, this is how it is. Come to terms with it. Dance with it. Because if you'll know the truth, you'll live a free life. John chapter 8, verse 32. Amen. How about this? James chapter 1, verse 22, New Living Translation. But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. For if you listen to the Word, but you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You'll see yourself, who you really are, but you'll walk away and forget what you look like. You'll be... Double-minded. Here you are, a new creation Christian. How many of you know that forgiven Christians are forgiving Christians? (laughs) Because we're forgiven. He's not asking you to give away something you haven't received. Just take what you've received and share it. Forgive out of the forgiveness that's overflowing out of your heart and life. But this is amazing because if you'll... If he says forgive, if his teaching is forgive, 70 times 7, and then you choose not to forgive, you're going to forget who you really are in Christ. You're going to forget, hey, I am a forgiver in Christ. But when you act on it, when you actually do what he asks you to do, you begin to understand, hey, this is really who I am. I, I remember I'm a forgiving person. This is who I am in Christ. So obedience begets obedience. Faith begets faith. Understanding begets understanding. And you have aha moments that say, this is why he wants me to walk this out. Amen, amen. So one of the teachings of Jesus is truth. He taught on truth. Now, everything he says is true, but he taught on truth. And Jesus bore witness of the realm of truth, the reality of of truth. So let me show it to you. John chapter 18. This should be familiar because we've looked at it for a couple of weeks now. Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Now it's for this world. It's just not of this natural world. If my kingdom were of the natural world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So in other words, we take up swords. We take up spears. We, we, we'd fight. My servants would fight you. Peter would cut your ear off. What Jesus do with the ear? Why? Because his kingdom doesn't war like that. Say la, everybody. Say la. 
Ponder and think on that. His kingdom doesn't war like that. It's not a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. Pilate said to him, are you a king then? Jesus said, oh, I'm sorry, but now my kingdom is not from here, he said. And then 37, are you a king? You say rightly that I'm a king for this cause I was born, for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the... The the word bear witness means he's providing evidence of the reality of God. That even though you can't see him, he's very real and he's present all around you. I came to bear witness to this thing called truth, this realm called spirit. A supernatural dimension. Everything you see here, you can see it, touch it, taste it, is natural. It's temporary. But I can access, I'll show you, a realm that is supernatural. And when that supernatural realm and presence of God breaks through, we see things like take up your bed and walk. Because one realm is natural, but one realm is supernatural. That's what he's bearing witness of. Truth. My words are spirit. And they are life. He said, Zoe life. God kind of life. Not human life. God life. You say rightly that I'm a king. I came to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who's of the truth hears my voice. There are very few people that would say, I've heard the audible voice of Jesus. I hear him every day speak audibly, physically to me. Mostly we hear him what? Spirit to spirit. It's not audible to the natural ear, but have you figured out you have a spiritual ear? Have you figured out you have spiritual eyes? That's the realm he's bearing witness to. Pilate can't get it. The world can't get it because they can't see it. He said you won't. In John 3, he told Nicodemus, unless you're born again, born of the Spirit, you won't even see the kingdom of God. But once you're born again, you begin to see it. It's all around you. You can access it. I'm no longer a subject and diminished by what happens to me in the natural. I have a different source. I have a different vine. It comes from the unseen realm that gives me joy. So if the world's not giving me joy, the world can't take it away. My joy is coming from the unseen realm. And that causes people to say, what is wrong with you? (laughs) You're going through all this and yet you have joy. How is this possible? We bear witness to the truth. There's a realm whereby we're accessing a vine that feeds us branches. Glory to His name. Everyone who's of the truth can hear my voice. My, my voice, my words are spirit and they are life. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? What a great question. He didn't answer it there, but he does give us insight to some other areas. And listen to this, young people, very important. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth, not a truth. The truth. So... You don't have personal truth. There is no personal truth. There's only God's truth. What you have is theology. What you have is a perspective of what you think is true. But if you're taking it from the world, be careful. Be cautious if the world is piping what they say is true to you and it's not coming from the living God. Because truth was here long before you got here. Truth will be here long after you're gone. John 8, 32, truth is not something you determine. It's not something you pick out. Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So what's what's truth? It's something you come to know, you discover. So he said, ask, seek, knock, pursue the truth. It's all around you. 
Do you know that truth doesn't seek after you because you're sad one day? He's not, he's not, truth's not basing his pursuit of you on feelings or emotions or pity. Truth is truth. It's constant. He's there. Just stand up in it. Does that make sense to you? I'm, I'm waiting for God to chase me down and, and care about me and fix me. He's right there. Truth doesn't change. Stand up in Him and apply the truth. It's not emotional. It's not based on pity. Amen. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and He'll give you a helper. What do you need help with? You need help discerning truth. You need help being guided into truth because the world will lie. Man will lie. God cannot lie. So He's going to help you. Everybody say, I need help. Well, Jesus loves you. He sent you a helper. <laughs> that He may abide with you forever. How many times have we asked the Lord, Oh God, please, you know, come. I just can't feel you. I wish you were here right now. <laughs> He's going to abide with you forever. He's right there. It doesn't say He'll abide with you until you don't feel Him anymore because your feelings is how you determine truth. Feelings don't determine truth. He's going to abide with you forever. That is true. So stand up in it. Believe it. Thank you, God, that you art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of the real reality, the parent reality, the real dimension. See, the Spirit is the parent reality. The unseen realm is the, is the parent reality. That's the realm we came from because God is Spirit. We were made by His hand. We were made by an unseen hand. So the parent reality is the spirit reality. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the real reality whom the world can't receive because it can't see Him. Because the world is carnal, natural. The natural is a reality. There are two realities, spirit and spiritual and physical. Super, bless you, supernatural and natural. Seen and unseen. There are two realities. It's a reality, but I'm telling you there's a greater reality that Jesus told Pilate he was bearing witness of. The world can't receive because it can't see him. It can't know him because it can't see him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he'll be where? How loving is God to give you the spirit of the truth, the real reality inside of you to teach you? That's incredibly loving. And then John 15, he's going to say it again because we're slow learners. But verse 26, when the helper comes, I'll send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He'll bear witness. He'll testify of me. And then John 16, 13, Jesus says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Why? You need help. You need help being led into and discovering truth. Oh, it's, it's so amazing that he would give you the teacher. He gave you your own personal tutor on the inside of you. Not even outside of, in the ethos of the universe somewhere. He's in you. To teach you 
if you'll just grab a hold of the awareness of the truth. More on that later. So he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority. Whatever he, he hears, he'll speak and he'll tell you things to come. Wow. So the spirit of truth guides you to the realities of truth. We know from John 17, a couple of weeks ago, we've been talking about it, that your oneness with Christ is a spiritual reality. Your oneness with each other is a spiritual reality. How you treat each other is how you treat Christ. Matthew 25, Acts chapter 9. What you say about each other is what you say about yourself because you're not separate from each other. You're one. When God the Father looks in this room, He doesn't see a bunch of individual Christs sitting here. He sees one Christ. We're all part of each other. So that's a spiritual reality. Your oneness with Christ is a spiritual reality. So what are we doing? We're learning to live, are you ready? Aware of truth. To apply the truth. Abide in the truth, Jesus said. Be attentive to the truth. Live attached to the truth. Daily attuned to the truth. And aligned with truth. Those are seven A's. No rhyme or reason other than I I liked it. (laughs) Aware of truth, apply the truth, abide in truth, attentive to the truth. I'm attached to truth. I'm attuned to truth. I'm aligned to truth. Can you imagine that when, during the course of your day, the amount of time you're spending living in awareness and attuned to Christ and to His truth is growing? Maybe it was six minutes yesterday. Today it's 25 minutes the amount of time you're spending living in awareness of what is true about you, true about God, true about life is growing. Truth doesn't change. Your awareness of truth is what's being developed. Brother Kyle over here, Brother Jonathan over here on the other side. Don't you guys usually sit together? (laughs) Different today. I'm out there last week, last Sunday I'm out in the hallway shaking hands, greeting people after service. I don't remember which one of them it was that said it exactly this way, but both of them were saying the same thing. One of them said, Steve, have you looked around? I said, no, I've just been shaking hands. They said, look up and down the hallway. I look up and down the hallway. This is after church. I don't know, five minutes after church, 10 minutes. There's people everywhere. One anothering, encouraging each other, fellowshipping around Christ together. Isn't that wonderful? Evidence of our participation with what is true. What's true about us? We're one body. We're not separate from each other. We belong to each other. I may be a, you know, an arm. You may be a toenail. <laughs> I mean, Holy Ghost, give me something better than that. You may be a leg. I may be an arm, but we're not separate from each other. <laughs> toenail. I'll never live that down. Uh, So we're spiritual family though. We're spiritual family. Remember, spiritual family is a spiritual reality. And if you're new, here's what I'm saying. We've been saying this for a while, that when you got born again, when you invited Christ into your heart, the Holy Spirit supernaturally placed you. He did it in the body of Christ. You became one with the body of Christ. And so spiritual family is a spiritual reality. And when 
when people don't cut out and sprint out of the building when church is over, but rather they one another. You know how many times one anothering is in Scripture? Encourage one another, love one another, forgive one another, be kind to one another, be patient with one another. I mean, it's everywhere. So that's why we call it one anothering. But it's beautiful to see. Now, are we causing... Does that mean, wow, we're spiritual family now? We've always been spiritual family. What we're doing now is participating with it. We didn't cause the truth. We decided to dance with the truth. And as we dance with the truth, we love each other well. And when we, when we obey loving one another and we one another each other, we grow in understanding and we're like, wow, this is why he said we should do it. I like this love stuff. I like encouraging. I like being encouraged. Maybe the Lord knew what he was doing. <laughs> When he told us to do it. This is, this is good. If you're taking notes, you'll want this one. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Understanding comes when you do it. Difference between knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is knowing what you should do. Understanding is when you do it. We know we should want another. Okay, that's knowledge. But when we actually want another, we grow in our understanding of one anothering. Here's another one. Knowledge is knowing you should forgive. Understanding comes when you do. And you're like, wow, this is why. Because forgiveness apparently heals two ways. Not just when I get it, but when I give it. Hebrews 5.14. Look at this. Hebrews 5.14. But solid food belongs to the mature. That is those who by reason of use, they did it. Reason of use, they, they participated, have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. All the grudging going on in our culture, all the work of media and different things like that, just demonic entities to pit Americans against each other, is not healthy, is not good, it's evil. So the more that we hear the Lord say, hey, you should forgive, you should want another, I'm in you to do it, my spirit is going to execute it through you, when we participate with Him, we grow in our understanding, discerning good and evil. And we're like, hey, you know what? Forgiveness is good. One anothering is good. And then we begin to pass that on to our children and our children's children, that the Word works truth is a real thing we're not just drifting out could you imagine if god stuck us down here with no light no way no truth wouldn't be our god he'd be our devil so you're not lost down here he's given you not only the spirit of truth you've got scripture praise god for the scripture that we know what to do and as we apply it we grow in our understanding in discipling here at grace church one of the things we like to do is disciple others, make disciples. We've got this tool called the transformation tool. And it starts with awareness. We become aware of truth. And then when we're really committed, <laughs> disregard that, when we're spiritual and growing in the Lord and disciplined, we ponder it. I move from awareness to pondering and then I start valuing it. I actually value this truth of one anothering and then you've got the behavioral gap in between where my behavior changes and I actually reprioritize, listen, around one anothering, which means I'm changing my schedule. 
I don't bolt out the door as soon as church is over. I stick around and I want another. I've reprioritized my time. The truth began with awareness. I pondered it. I value it. Now it's leading into behavioral change with the work of the Spirit and the Word. And now I'm reprioritizing to the point I'm owning this truth. And then number six, we look back. Transformation has happened. I'm living a transformed life. I'm not behaving the way I once did. I'm being transformed. Does that make sense to you? So, as we started in the beginning, our desire for you is not just know the truth. We want you to apply the truth and live a transformed life. So, here's some practicals on participating uh, with the truth and living in truth. And I'm going to say this one more time. I said it earlier. Two realities are side by side. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Two dimensions, side by side, okay? One is seen, one is unseen, one is natural, one is supernatural. One is temporary, one is eternal, one is physical, one is spiritual. One should be the greater reality whereby you derive your life and your joy from. Does anyone want to take a guess which reality that should be? The Spirit. Are we in agreement? The Spirit. Whoever worships God does so in... Spirit and in truth. The vine we're looking for is the Spirit. Bless you. So once again, practicals on how do we participate with truth. Number one, a renewed mind. We renew our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be, there's that word, transformed by the renewing of your mind that you prove how good, acceptable, and perfect God's will is. A renewed mind is a weapon that allows you to participate with realities that are not immediately present to you in the natural. A renewed mind is a weapon that allows you to participate with realities that are not immediately present to you in the natural. How awesome to be able to live above the fray that my whole life's not based on what's being done to me in the natural realm. Remember in the Colosseum when they were pouring oil on the Christians and lighting them on fire and they were singing praise hymns to God. What were they doing? They were accessing realities that were not immediately present to them. This is the truth. Jesus told Pilate because he couldn't see it, he couldn't grasp it. But there's a, there's a realm, guys. There's a reality all around you that is very real. It is a reality. It's just unseen. And God gave you a spirit. Made in His image. Because God is spirit. You have a spirit so you can access it. As I said earlier, let's purpose it every day. The amount of time I'm spending living in awareness pondering truth, valuing truth, all that is growing. I had a good brother ask me this week. He said, Steve, I've seen the truth. I see what you're saying about life in the Spirit. I'm seeing it now, but how do I get acclimated to the truth? I want to be acclimated to life in the Spirit. I want to be acclimated to the truth. How many of you know that's a good question? Are you ready for the answer? I said, do it when it's easy. Make sure you're doing it when it's easy. 
In other words, when no, nobody's around, you don't have noise, you don't have distraction, maybe it's 5 a.m., maybe it's you're getting ready for bed, but it's quiet. Get some alone time when it's easy to connect with spirit and in truth. Don't wait till you're in traffic ready to cuss somebody out and then be like, oh yeah, I need to access spirit and truth right now. If, if, you're, if you're familiar, everybody say familiar. If you're familiar with spirit, if you're familiar with truth because you practice it when it's easy, then you can access it when it's hard. You'll say, I have been here before, devil. I have this perspective. I know the truth. And I'm not going to respond in traffic this way. I'm going to bless this traffic. I'm going to bless every driver right now in Jesus' name. Am I helping anybody? Don't point at anybody. Somebody was talking about their trip to Walmart the other day. How terrible it was. How do we overcome in Walmart when service is bad? Or maybe a restaurant or whatever. Be familiar with truth. How do you get familiar? Acclimate to it when it's easy. Practice it. Be disciplined in it. Begin your day looking vertically, not horizontally. So before you say, hey, what am I going to do today? Spend time in spirit and in truth. Washing, wash yourself in the word. Get some great scriptures. Somebody should write a book about our identity in Christ. <laughs> Call it the true you. <laughs> Go to page three and four. It's out there on the bookshelf. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God in the earth. I'm the light of this world. All those are right out of the Bible. I put them all together for you. Read those over yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Get acclimated to truth. Before you, when you wake up, before you grab your phone, before you turn on the news, I'm losing friends fast. (laughs) Let me shift off of that. Before you grab your phone, before you watch the news, before you turn on the music, whatever, practice spirit and truth. Get acclimated. Get attuned to it so that when you're in Walmart or the waiter is bad, you can renew your mind and say, I've already been to the truth. Let me access it right now. Because what's growing is your awareness of truth. You're not changing truth, guys. You need to access truth and participate with it. Because your phone, the television, the internet, the news, all of that stuff can be time thieves. They can be distractions. And they can be something you do out of mindless routine. Mindless routine in the natural is the complete opposite of awareness. I'm aware of the truth. I'm pondering it. I'm valuing it. Oh, I'm reprioritizing around it. I'm owning the truth and now I'm transformed. My mind is renewed. I'm living a transformed life. Look at this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we are weak in him, but no, that's not it. But we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Guys, I don't know what passage that is, but it's pretty good. Let me, let me look up. I, I probably gave the wrong scripture. Should be about our fellowship. God's called us into fellowship. Yeah. Second Corinthians 13, 14. Okay. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion or fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So what is that saying? 
It means that God has called you into full-time fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Full-time fellowship. That means you can access Him. Walmart, school, traffic. You're called into full-time fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When you got born again, Christ's Spirit came inside of you to live forever and abide forever. I read that to you. This is the mystery of the gospel. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, that Christ lives inside of you. The Lord has never asked you to earn your connection with Him, but He does ask you to dance with it. Live in the awareness of it. Be transformed by it. No need to be religious and try to cause some kind of connection to happen with you in Christ. If you're born again, He's in you. You can't get closer than that. You have the connection. Now begin to participate with the connection that you have. Jesus calls the, a, a term for this as abiding. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Abide in my word, He says. And then John 15, 4 and 5, He actually says, abide in me. So what's abiding mean? He's, at, he's inviting you to live the reality of your union. You have a union with Christ. As a born-again Christian, you have a union with each other. That's a reality. These are realities. Aren't you thankful for truth? We're not going along here creating stuff. You're either living in what's true or you're not. Who wants to live in a false reality? I'm tired of it. Where are you out? We're going to grow in our knowing. We're going to grow in our awareness. And let me tell you why this is important. Because pastors and sermons won't change Oklahoma. If pastors and sermons were going to change Oklahoma, it would already be changed. The body of Jesus Christ is what can change Oklahoma. And I'm part of that body with you. People with microphones get too much credit. Amen? And I are one. I have a microphone, but God used me to impart to you that you're a priest. You're a king in the kingdom of God. Microphones and sermons won't change Oklahoma. The body of Christ who knows who they are, they're living it out, they're living in the awareness of truth, that's what will shift the culture of our state. Somebody give God praise for that this morning. Amen. All right, number two. I've got a little bit of time. The first one is, how do we participate with truth? Renew your mind. It's a weapon. Number two, how about this? Walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus told... Uh, in John 14, he said the world can't receive the Spirit because it can't see Him. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we look not to the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. He says, Paul says, we can see things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Why is that? The things that are unseen are what? Spirit. The things which are unseen are truth. So, Jesus in John 3, I love this example with Nicodemus. The wind blows where it wishes, Nicodemus. Don't marvel that I said you have to be born of the Spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of Spirit. This reality is Spirit. And he said, the wind blows where it wishes, so and you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is with those born of the Spirit. So what he's saying is, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. In the same way, you can't see God, you can't see, quote, truth, but you can see its effect on human hearts. And that's where my kingdom rules and reigns, is in the heart of human beings. 
Everything in the new covenant. Look at the teachings of Jesus. These people, they honor me with their lips. But in vain they worship me. Why? Their what is far from me? Their heart. How about this? Matthew 5. You've heard it was said, you shall not uh, commit adultery. I say to you, if you look on a woman with what? Lust where? In your heart. Everything's about your heart. That's where the kingdom comes. It comes on the inside. The kingdom comes via the Holy Spirit. And just like the Holy Spirit entered Mary and conceived Jesus Christ in Mary's womb, in the same way the Holy Spirit enters you and conceives Christ in the womb of your spirit. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by what we see. What do you think the people, you know, on TV do? When they report the news, CNN, MSNBC... They, de- they derive in all that out of the Spirit? Nope. I mean, maybe some of it, if it's demonic. We need to be people who bear witness of the reality of truth, of Spirit. All right, this is important. Faith is not you doing religious things to cause a connection with Jesus. Faith is you participating with the reality. You're already connected to Him. He came in you to live when you got born again. So the moment you set out to go get something, you just told yourself you don't have something. And if you told yourself you don't have something that he has, then you're in unbelief or deceived. Imagine how different the body of Christ would be today if we'd quit trying to get God to love us. And we would participate in all the love that's already ours. That is faith. I don't have to feel it to believe it. I don't have to even see it. I, I went outside, Jonathan, and I had a flat tire. Clearly, God doesn't love me. <laughs> right? I didn't get the raise I should have had. I guess God doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling the truth, right? Did you know God already proved His love for you? Romans 5, 8, while you were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ, or sorry, God proved his love for, for us. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's already happened. God already proved his love for you. Now your love for him, that gets challenged. We love because he, how different the body of Christ would be if we actually lived in the love that we already have. It's already ours. You don't have to. If you came to church today to get Him to love you, you're too late. He loved you before you started trying. <laughs> what, what are you doing? You're wasting time. <laughs> I remember when I told the Lord I had too many personal problems to be used in His kingdom and that I need to get myself kind of right and fixed up first. You know what He said? Steve, I can't wait that long. <laughs> I can't wait long enough for you in your own mind to somehow arrive at perfection. To where, oh, now, God can use somebody like me. I'm ready, God. No problems here at all. <laughs> Isn't that silly? What would happen if instead of trying to get ourselves 
right with him. We actually lived out of the righteousness we already have with him. Jesus gave you right standing with God. What if we quit trying to earn joy and look to the natural for joy, but we lived in the reality of the joy that we already have? Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. He came to bear witness to the reality, the existence of God that is not immediately present to us, but it's still true. So faith follows Jesus in this teaching. He taught us to look to the realm of truth, the realm of the Spirit, the realm of the unseen. So as Christ's followers, we follow Him in that teaching. We are those who bear witness, just like He did, of the truth. Look at this, Hebrews eleven six. Well, I'll take this one, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The word, word there is rhema. Easy to remember, a rhema word is a relational word. In other words, God's Spirit spoke it to your spirit. And with that comes faith to execute it. So you don't need to see the outcome to do what He asks you to do. (laughs) You don't have to see the end result if He asks you to do it. How many of you think God is busy? He's got a lot of prayers to answer, right? God is busy. He's running the universe and who knows where all from there. And yet the God of the universe who's super busy takes time to speak to you and say, hey, I want you to give a uh, free lunch to that guy. And we're like, man, I don't know if that's you, God. Let me see the outcome first. So you see what I'm saying? He takes time out of his busy schedule to tell you something. And you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do that or not. <laughs> All right, look at this one. Hebrews eleven six should be next. There it is. But without faith... It's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must believe that He is. Jesus came. He told Pilate, I'm bearing, it, I'm bearing witness to the existence of God. There is this God who's all around us. There's this dimension of the Spirit where He rules and reigns. And, it, and it, we call it truth. And that is how, that's how we access that realm, is faith. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Rhema in birth faith. So in response, we trust Him. We put the whole weight of our being down upon Him. The existence of His Word. That's what I'm saying. The world will tell you to trust them. The world will say, listen to what we say. You need to, to go to God's Word for truth. I'm going to trust that He's with me. I'm going to trust that He's in me. I'm going to trust that I'm one with every one of you in Christ, even if I don't feel it or I don't see it. I don't change reality. Reality is not what I'm seeing. Reality is not what I'm feeling all the time. Reality has already been established. Does that make sense to you? We're not creating truth. Your children and grandchildren need to understand this. Because a lot of them have the understanding that truth is just relative. It's whatever they say it is. No, it's not. Truth is God's reality. And we as human beings are learning to come to terms with it. To connect with it. Will you stand with me this morning? Next week, Lord willing, we're going to get into... How faith expresses itself. How do we walk out faith? Because faith without works is dead. 
Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Brother Steve, I've never known life in the Spirit. I've never known this Jesus you're speaking of who bore witness to all things Spirit and all things truth. But I want to know Him. I want to begin a journey with Him. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up and say, Brother Steve, that is me. Would you pray for me? I want to know Christ. Anyone? Anybody? pray for you this morning if it is your heart's desire to walk in truth to live in truth to have a transformed life renewed mind walking by faith not by what you see and feel and i want you to just open your heart open your hands this morning whatever that looks like for you but i want to pray for you father this morning i pray for every single person lord whose heart is touched by the word today who's open to receive life in the unseen. Oh, I feel the shift in my spirit, Lord, that we are people of the spirit, we are people of truth, and that we're growing in our participation of what's already true about us, what's already true around us. My goodness. Holy Spirit, I know you're the executive producer of the redemptive rule of Christ in our hearts. So would you quicken each of these? Would you remind us who we really are? What's already ours in the realm of truth? We're one with Christ. We're one with each other. We're part of a family. We're not orphaned. You placed us supernaturally here with each other. And that we're learning to love. We're learning to walk it out. We're learning one another. So Lord, we just purpose in our heart. One other thing that I was just quickened on. Lord, we want to be acclimated to spirit and in truth. So, so let us do it when it's not hard. Let us do it when it's easy. Let us cut out time to sit with you in scripture. Let us cut out time to uh, worship in spirit and in truth. That everything we enjoy about Sundays, worship, the word, love, fellowship, one anothering, we can, they, all those work outside of this building. <laughs> we can do them every day of the week, all day, every day. People of the Spirit, Lord, we want to know what you teach and then we want to do it by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. We ask it all in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give Him praise this morning. Let's sing this song together before we're dismissed. Let's worship. Let's worship Him before we're dismissed this morning. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.